0: this is pastor matt mcclure here from takeover church and thank you so much for checking out today's message we hope it encourages you we pray it blesses you we pray it challenges you and if you don't know we have service every single sunday at 10:30 a.m when we would love for you and yours your family and your friends to come on out experience church be a part of all that god is doing through takeover church but hey we hope this blesses you have a great rest of your day Church, can we just make some noise for our incredible worship crew and everybody who's here yeah! this service? People turn up early to set up chairs and to set up the sanitizing and the cafe and the signage and the whole nine yards and um, just as Pastor Scott and Pastor Adrian were up here doing you know, church news uh, brilliantly without a script. It was so good. Uh, one of the things that became apparent to me is just the uh the blatant um, and I was doing this earlier too when we truck service. Just like, uh, if you're joining with us online, or we're so grateful for your lives. We're so grateful that you're here. Um, but, if, but if I feel if you feel me not looking at the camera, um, it's because church is still about that. Yeah. And so what I want to begin to do is I'm going to acknowledge you because I love you. and I'm so grateful that you're home and you're safe and you're. You're doing what you feel uh, is best for you and yours, and I commend you for that greatly. Um, when I start addressing the church in the room, yeah, if that's okay with anybody, because I'm so grateful to see your faces um, here at church. Um, hey, Matt, can we get a little more light in the room? These guys, thanks, sir. Oh, there's some beautiful faces. There we go. Okay, so some good look at, best looking group of people in the corner of Hall and Madison. Come on, you're like that's no. Uh, no, uh, I gotta figure out where I'm at. Um, Yeah, like a Pastor Adrian Scott said. So, my uh, name is Matt I'm the co-pastor with my beautiful, amazing wife. And this morning we are continuing a series that's not really a series. It's like a bunch of disconnected messages. Uh, they have nothing to do with one another, but they're so deeply important to our lives. And truly, um, this morning I want to preach you a message that is going to be really difficult. And I find really needed right now. and I find it's going to be hard. There's going to be some things that we need to address as a church, as Christians, as the body of Christ right now. that are going on in our world. And as Takeover Church, we've never shied away from issues. We've never shied away from culture. We've never shied away from what the Bible says. We've never shied away from injustices. We're so proud that here at Takeover Church, if you come to one service that at least... There's like five things that we touch on every other week, no matter the scripture, no matter the series that we're in. And it's not designed that way. It's just because of God's heart to take over people's lives. He doesn't want to see politics take over your life. He doesn't want to see religion take over your life. He doesn't want to see bigotry take over your life or sex take over your life. He doesn't want to see celebrity take over your life. Jesus wants to be the soul takeover of your life. That's what he went to the cross for. That's what he made a way for. That's what this whole thing is about. So yeah, we meet. Yeah, we gather. Yeah, we do this thing called church. But it's all for the sole interest of your life, or of your soul, of your here and now and your afterlife. For everything to be fully just immersed, immersed in who Jesus is and who he says you can be. So for this church... We've never shied away from this. And last night, while our city was literally being burnt down, we're not going to shy away from that it. island. Because i till 2 a.m., praying, crying, on my knees with God. Because our hearts are absolutely broken for what has taken place. And unfortunately, we live in a time and a place. We may not eradicate racism and bigotry and white supremacy in the world at large. But we can sure a heck shine a light on it. And we sure as heck can eradicate it within the four walls of the church. I don't care about your denomination. I'm sick of division in the church. You can have a denomination. You can be a divided nation. You can be here. You can be this. You can be wherever you want. to be. But one thing cannot remain. And that is... Seeing someone else's life worth less than yours. Yeah, that's right. it's a the simple truth is a matter of matter of Jesus going to the cross the foot of the cross. It's the great equalizer of all men. Of all Of all people. All are welcome home when you see this image. So this morning I want to preach a message that I feel like dangerous. I feel like Church about two years old church and I feel like when we approach certain issues we run the risk of the people leaving of tides shriveling up of people walking out in service I feel like when you approach certain things it's you kind of find out who people are and whether they're with you or for you or with Jesus or for Jesus or not to be honest as a pastor today fully understand and acknowledge that. Some people may not receive this message, but it's with love, it's with the gospel, and it's with everybody around us, their best interest in heaven's mind, not in Matt's mind. Not in Adrian's mind. This isn't our gospel. This is the gospel. This isn't our truth. It's the only truth. So if this ended up being my last message, well, dang it, we're going to preach it or we're going to go out like it. But I don't believe Takeover Church has ever been that church. I don't believe Takeover Church will ever be in that church. So I just got one question for us today, both online and in-service, person-service. Will you go there with me today, church? God, no. Can we see what Jesus has to say, what the Word of God has to say about what's happening in our world today? Can we do it? Can we be the change our world needs today? Then let's do it. title of my message, week three for one of ones. Call the one of ones because again, disconnected. I like limited edition things. I've got limited edition comic books. I've got limited edition action figures. I like one of ones. I like selection. Something like you said action figures. I'm completely out of here once you (laughs) said that. I understand. Sorry. But the title of my message this morning, it's simple. I hope we can get this truth attached to us today. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. This morning we're going to start off with 1 John 3, 16 through 18. By this we know love. By this we know love let us love not love it just word, it just talk, but in ease and in truth. So we're going to pray and we're going to see this. Apostle John has to say. Father, God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity. God, we thank you this morning. God, this is not a political message. This is not a political statement. God, we don't care if it's left or right. It's all covered in Jesus, and this isn't a bipartisan issue, this isn't some religious issue. God, this is a people issue, and people matter to you. So, Father God, this morning we asked for a heart that is shattered. That is shattered, shatters force. That we would begin to grow in true empathy. God, Paul said, give me the eye of the heart to see what breaks your heart. God, we want to see our eyes and our hearts open and aware to what is breaking yours this morning, God. Because we want to be moved. We didn't come to church today. We didn't come to church today with five steps to a great business practice. We didn't come to church today Three steps on how to be a successful Instagram influencer? No, God, it's not a TED talk. We came to be moved by your Holy Spirit. We came to be changed and shaped and molded by the Potter's hands. You still reign above it all, oh God. So use us. Change us, shape us, break us, remove from us what needs to go. Whatever it is, Father God, we're not comfortable remaining how we are. I want to know, like, Jesus, my name, faithful church, said. That's what y'all want. Time. I don't know. Uh, sorry, it was really, I was doing this a lot, it was just sounded like I'm shaking lot. Um. Sorry, talk is cheap, and I think the first thing we need to acknowledge this morning is that talk is cheap, but action, action is needed. Talk is cheap, but action is needed. Man, right now we are in the midst of something absolutely astounding. I just said the internet yesterday we were driving. Yesterday we were driving one the two. We were driving. I was just like, Has it stopped to hit you yet? That like what we read about in, in, in history and in the Bible. Like we are living through a time that growing up, I never would have imagined I would be you hear about, about how the cholera outbreak in London in the 1800s and Charles Spurgeon preaching through it, As you hear about the spine flu and the Spanish flu and, and all of these other things that have been just world-changing and, and, and just these destructive events that have taken place, and you hear about them. And you think it's so far off because we live in such a time where this is different. This is this is different. We we're so far medically. That was way back then. People were not clean and evil and poopy. Like there was reasons for cholera. We can say that. We can say that. We can go, there was reasons for these things gotta yeah, happen. And, and as I told the child, I haven't hit you yet. That like we are truly living in an incredible time in the world And I've been incredible in a good way. I've incredible. I it's in incredible. I it's absolutely astounding that we find ourselves in a day and age where there's just this pandemic that's taking place. There's a pandemic that's taking place that's it's us of 100,000 people in It's proud of us. The devil is proud of that. Scientifically, it's been classified COVID-19, medically it's been called the coronavirus, and to me it's, to me it's this virus, it's this sickness, it's this thing that's happening, to get robbed of us, of loved ones, of people who have gone far too soon, of individuals who have gifts and calls, of reason to be on this earth, every single one of them. And I stop. there's was a few weeks ago, we had the tragedy of Ahmed Auburn. being gunned down, hunted. Now we got George Floyd again. And as devastating as COVID-19 is, and as crazy as coronavirus has made the world, there is a virus that has been around a lot longer than COVID-19, than coronavirus. It's been politically classified as prejudice. It's been commonly referred to as bigotry. It has been bi defined as white supremacy, both biblically, theolo- uh, theologically, Truthfully, what Jesus would say about this is that this is racism and racism isn't classified by bigotry, it's not classified by prejudices. These are all the same word, no matter how you want to spell it. And for Jesus and for the Bible and for the world at large, this is classified has always been. This long-standing virus that humans just haven't been able to rid of on their own. This thing is classified as sin. Racism is sin. I don't care who you are. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care where you grew up. There is no excuse under the sun that is new, that will do, that is anywhere near the mark. It doesn't matter what someone of color has done to you. It doesn't matter what you have seen or heard. It doesn't matter what your dad said to you growing up or how your mother raised you when they weren't around. It doesn't matter. Racism is sin. It is a broken, it is a fracture, it is something that is deep-seated within humans to be divisive, to be destructive, and to turn against brother and to turn against sister. Racism, prejudice, bigotry, in case you haven't heard it from a pulpit before or from a white guy in skinny jeans, racism is sick. There's a virus that outweighs what we've been going through. And it's robbed us, it's stole us, and it's taken from us far more than just lies. It's taken from us the ability to witness to our neighbors. It's taken from us the ability to actually have somebody else who looks differently than you feel loved by you. Do you know how many people who look differently than you? All they're asking for is to feel loved by you, appreciated by you, just across the board, is across the board right now, we have people who are literally dying in the streets, and all they are asking to do is have the same common decency and humanity given to them as it would be given to Matt McClure. I've been in trouble with the law. I've done dumb things as a young man. I've made mistakes in my life, and do you know what I was never in risk of ever? losing my life, being beaten down. Well, man, that's because you were a, a really nice, upstanding citizen, and they understood that you just did something to get a something wrong. No, I've done a lot of things wrong, a lot of the time. I've hurt a lot of people. I've done a lot of dumb things. I have done it. I have been there. I have been locked up. I have been taken away. I've had it happen to me. And do you know what I saw when it did? People who don't look like me not treated as nice as me. I'm there with the worse offense than some people. And because I'm a white guy, I'm not even put in handcuffs. This has been my life. The systematic, flawed, human coding that from the moment Adam and Eve decided to bite into an apple, and we disobeyed, and we thought as human beings, we better knew how to lead our lives than God, the one who designed us and created us. We don't even know what our spleen is for or what our gallbladder is for. We say we can live without these things, so we remove them. And yet the one who created these things that we don't even know why they're there or what they really do or what we can go without or what we can't, actually made us and designed us to have these things. And we thought we knew better than that guy. So we decided to take this. Right. It just divided us from God, it divided us from one another, we were created, for yeah. we were created to be together, we were created to look at one another as an image bearer of God. We divided ourselves so much that we actually whitewashed Jesus. Sorry, West Michigan. Sorry to the local church. Sorry to the church at large. Jesus didn't have blue eyes and flowing blonde hair. He was a brown guy in the Middle East. He looked nothing like me. can't continue to go on this way. can't continue to go on this way may not be able to eradicate this in the world that daughters. But I believe that as the church, we can sure as hell get it out of venues. We can get it out of the four walls yeah. of the church. And through well, us loving our neighbor, whether they look like us or not, both the same way as us or not, Go in the same direction as we do or not. Believe in the same God that we do or not. I believe that as we actually love our neighbor, and loving our neighbor means to see them the way God sees them. Not the way we're prejudiced against seeing them. Seeing them as God sees them, which was laying his life down for them. Well then, then we might have a little chance at eradicating racism right outside the four of the church. We might have a real chance at eradicating racism in the south, in the north, on Capitol Hill, wherever you find yourself. We might, we might actually have a shot at this thing if we can just begin to see that, you know what, here, I'm at the foot of the cross of Jesus, and there's room for everybody, because that's what we went to the cross for i want to go back to this piece of scripture because it's important. Here it is in 1 John 3, 16 through 18. If you don't know context, is king always. John, he's a cousin of Jesus. He's always with Jesus. The same. they've done a lot of life together before three years of ministry. They would have been close. Unlike you and me, we probably don't see our cousins a whole lot. They actually were tight-knit. It wasn't some family reunion, get together where he saw Jesus once in a while. This is John, the same writer of the Gospel of John, the self-proclaimed the disciple whom Jesus loves. John, he'll repeat that all the time. All the time. And here's John, who's done more life with Jesus than anybody, who's been with us day one ministry. This is John. John is so great work. If you don't know, he wrote. One of the gospels, there's four gospels, and each of the gospels, besides John, has a slant to it. And that'll be slant as in it is wrong or like to a certain point of view. Or like that? No, no, no. It's what Peter wrote the book of Mark. It like Mark it was like Mark, it was like God Mark? Was it by God Peter? Saint Peter had cut off ears and led the church and all those great things. Peter, saw the water, and walked down for a second. That guy. He wrote it. Peter. He was trying to be sweet, so he wrote it with certain words. Going, Here's what I saw, and I'm going to send this letter out. I'm trying to reach people for right? And then, then got Luke, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going to try and reach some I'm going to try and reach the Jews, okay? And then end, I'm going to try and reach the Gentiles too, because they, they they need Jesus, but you all need Jesus. But okay. okay. Jews it's not enough anymore to be under law. You need Jesus, okay? So all these different things, and then all, and, back like, and all of a sudden, John, whose Bible, his his got version of the gospel. It wasn't written with a certain people group in mind. It wasn't written with a predetermined, I'm going to send this this way. John's was written for all people. It is blanketed, it is open, and he is saying here is Jesus for everybody. This is what Jesus looks like in a Greek context. This is what Jesus looks like in a Jewish context. This is what Jesus looks like in any other context other than the fact he is Jesus. And this is what he can do. This is who he is. And so John. He's so awesome. He's leading his own church now. He decided to write three more books because of the legend that he really knew Jesus and he really got it. And well, yes, everybody else, all the other disciples who were aiming for certain people, that was amazing. That was great. Why John is so paramount to this whole thing It's because, one, he understood he wasn't a disciple from Jesus, though. he got it from the jump. He wasn't doubting Thomas, he wasn't Judas. Wasn't Peter on with the 93 times, he'd go and walk out of water with me for a second. It was John. John always knew. John always got it. And John always wrote from a perspective of, it. man, this is for everybody. Yeah. This is for everyone. Tax collectors, which are basically just gangsters if you don't know, like mobsters. They, they broke people's fingers, they took what they did along them. They took what was forced either and then locked themselves. Like they were bad these are people that Jesus chose to associate with. The disciples, that you don't know, also were the same ones that when Jesus was going to cross through Samaria to meet this woman well. Jesus is a Jew. These are Samaritans. They had racial tensions, just like white people, black people, and brown people do today. We just don't think about it in that context, because as white people, or as Americans, we think about Jesus being a white guy with brown hair and blue. Eye. But it wasn't. So Jesus, he goes, I was going of the at the well. Boom! How much guys go give me so much? Why didn't you tell them to give so much? Because he knew that they were right says, <laughs> the disciples, who led the church, we read their books, they're everything that we know about Jesus. They were the ones going, Jesus, you're a Jew, why did you go and hang out with Samaria? What are you going to do? You got no business being there. They want to string you up and they want to kill you and they want to murder you, go hang out with Mary. We don't get that in context then because we're not from that side of the world. Right. That's racism. They don't like each other. They see each other as less than simply by existing. It doesn't sound like any other countries right now. And so here's John. He said, by this we know God, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now we read that. We read that. Here we go. Yeah, I, I, I can do that. I can lay down the budget, whatever my church family needs. I've got you, bro. I've got you, man. I am there. Graduation, I am there. Beautiful, I am there. Marriage, I am there. I got you. Whatever you need. You need to call, I got a think. What do you need? Adrian, I love getting to watch. Who's gay with That's That's not sound cool? We have one. God bless one you know, But it's an amazing thing, do. It. It's simple and practical. And how to lay down your life. But as Christians, we need to get this understood. But John, in context, he says, "No greater love than to lay your life down for a friend, and lay your life down for a brother, and a sister." Just like Jesus did, we go this love, and He laid down His life, so we ought to in turn lay down our lives. Well, that goes into the context because we your brother, and we your sister, and we hear friend, and we immediately think people who look like me, people who go to my church. People who vote like me, people who are also at the Trump rallies or the Biden rallies or whatever. I we thinking about people whom we commonly associate with? People who play with the same toys that we do, as this young folk over here. People who play with the same cartoons that we do. I was there, I was a young man one time. If you feel like Pokemon, it was game over, we're out friends. Got a holographic Charizard, and that will mess <laughs> you okay. up. I've been there. I know you guys, okay? I've been there. I'm still there. I'm 30, and I'm still there. <laughs> No greater love than to lay our lives down for someone who agrees with us, or someone who looks like us, or someone who we can see ourselves in, pals, and hallways with. Them. No, no, no. Because the context here isn't we also lay down our lives for Christians. Because when Jesus laid out his life, first thing John said, Jesus didn't lay down his life for Christians. Christians weren't even a thing yet, there was Jesus' followers. People were following this guy who claimed to be the Messiah, who was great and did wonders. All of them still thought he was a resurrection of Elijah or some other great prophet from back in the day. It took some convincing. They didn't even think this was Jesus for the most part, okay? Christians weren't even a thing. And so if we're to read this and see that John is saying we need to lay down our lives and make ourselves less than and give of ourselves for our fellow Christians, we are reading that wrong. It's for anybody and everybody. There is no greater love just like Jesus than to lay down his life on a cross. That is what he is asking of us as a church. Whether you are white, whether you're black, whether you're brown, whether you're in between somewhere, whether you are mixed, whether you don't know where your heritage is, he is asking us, lay down your life for anybody. Because that's what Jesus did. Christians didn't even exist when Jesus went to the cross. Freedom didn't even exist when Jesus went to the cross. Redemption, given a new name, wasn't even a thing until Jesus came on the sea. David was a man of God's own heart. He was still called David. And he was still known as a king who did some really dodgy stuff. But he was always David. It wasn't until Jesus came on the sea. Jesus went to the cross and you and I truly, truly got a fresh start in life. Truly got a way to get away from our sin and our shame and our old names. What we used to be called, what we used to be labeled. Man, isn't that just like the world? We're out here and we are defining people. We are defining people. Basic, we are basing the value and worth of their lives based off their skin color. When Jesus says, No! This cross is open for everybody. Heaven is open for yeah. anybody. Anybody who wants to meet the Father first has to go through the Son. doesn't have to first be born a white person, doesn't have to first be born a black person. Anybody who wants to come to the Father must first come through the Son. Let this. Well that leads us to the part that actually Actually, it's a lay down the lives. What does it actually look like? I love what John says next. He says this. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does the God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love any word in action and in truth. I love that God calls little children young in faith, young in the world. It's not a matter of action. It's just a matter of faith. Whether your eyes have been opened or not when you to this thing called faith, and we're going, well, what does this thing look like? Because before this, well, I grew up in a home where I cared about alcoholics, the colleagues, they were abusive, and there was crazy things going on in my childhood that I never should have been exposed My dad was totally comfortable with using all of these words, and, and I grew up in a place where, you know, I'd never heard of a, of a person from the Middle East actually being called by where they're from, instead my dad said sand, and a bad word that fed, fed after it. And I'm sitting here going, what does this look like now? What does this look like now to be a white man, but to be a Christian, and how do I navigate this thing? And here's John, he says, Little children, let us not love just in word and in talk, but in deeds and in truth, in actions and in truth. It's not enough, church. It's not enough to simply say. It. Orally, I totally understand, I empathize with great No, are you kidding me? That's not what this is about. That's not what it looks like to be a Jesus follower and look at racism and bigotry and attempt to eradicate it. No, 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 we don't need to make excuses away what the church needs to do, what white people need to do, what people of all backgrounds and races need to do is we need to actually sit at the cross of Jesus and we need to plead the blood of Jesus over people groups and demographics and say, you know what? Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Brown lives matter. People of color's lives matter. But it's not enough just to say it, isn't it? It's not enough just to say it, isn't it? Because I can play things. As the day is long, i a white passage so I, I need, I need all the time that I can get. I'm a church to function. I'm a Christian. I need to still do this stuff. And I can save it as a day as long. Talk is cheap. Action is needed. Like every area of life, talk gives you to the game, but it can't get you to play. Talking can get you in the room, but it can't keep you in the room. Talking can get you in the relationship, but it can't make the marriage successful. There has to be action. Talking is cheap. Talking will get us likes on Instagram, but what's gonna get cops and other people who have freshness in their hearts from abusing their ability to take somebody else's life on a whip? What is gonna do that? Is talk. Talk will It's to the moment. But until we decide that we are gonna systematically break this thing. start burning down and breaking up and concluding black-owned businesses, we're defeating the purpose. We're now taking more from them. We may not take their lives, but we're taking their lives work. What are we doing? There has to be action. And as I hear this, I'm reminded of what the great apostle Paul said. Y'all know apostle Paul? Yeah. How many of you know he don't ever hold it back? He, he don't ever hold it back. He does. Yeah. He's paying up on his phone. Yeah, it's just, it's just okay. have, what did Paul say? Paul, what did you say? What? 1 Corinthians 13 1. If anyone speaks the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy god or a clanging symbol. What's that, Paul? If anyone speaks the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging of symbols. Oh man, well oh. you know I really understand what's going on. But I'm so upset because like I don't care why everybody to see that all I life- What? You know I'm upset so that like I feel like everyone's really gone, like going oh, like all. I'm sorry. Loving is loving isn't blanking. It's not covering and saying, oh, you know, all houses. I was uh, the great uh, equality. Who's the rapper who said, uh, yeah, all. You can say all houses matter, but if my house is on fire, like my house matters. Like you could say that
1: that all houses are great,
0: but mine's the actual one that's burning down. They matter, but not all lives are on trial for simply existing. Oh, yeah, but you know, we're going to rally here. We're going to pray. But you know what? We're going to pray in tongues, and we're just going to pray. That's great. Prayer is awesome. But what did Paul just say? You can speak in tongues of angels and of men and you can do all this other stuff, you can prophesy, you can have all the spiritual pieces, you can lay hands and actually heal people, but if you're not playing a part in actually loving your land and your people to a place of healing and reconciliation between races and backgrounds and people groups, well then anything you have to say is... I was born a white man. But what I can help is my understanding of your situation, what your life looks like on a daily basis. You want to know how we love and we're not just a clanging of symbols? I'm going to give you some examples. How we cannot be a clanging of symbols is when we're out and the walking the dogs. We're walking the dogs, we have ourselves in that little walk. Don't want to walk out, dogs, right? don't do it. dog. Oh, someone who looks differently than me. Oh, a Jesus, Paul? Well, I should say hello. I should smile. I should wave. I should talk to you, because how about you're trying to witness the Jesus, and I just walk my dog. Oh, but you know what? Instead, what I'm going to do, a person called walking dog who looks different than me, come across the street. I'm sorry, that's a client Jesus loves you. That's not I love you. That's not I know your life was incredible. So help me understand. So I've got to serve you as a being as like a Jesus follower. Let me meet you where you are because I understand the plate on your life is very different than the plate on my life. The only trouble I have in my life is due to my decisions. The troubles that you have in your life are due to the fact that our system is broken and corrupt. Instead of doing that, I'm across the street? Are you kidding me? Resonate with anybody this morning?
1: Is this helping anybody out? Because I feel like for far too long this is
0: what it's looked like. This is what it's looked like. Oh man, I'm gonna post on social media. I'm gonna put up poor George Floyd's face and Ahmed Aubrey's place, and Breonna Taylor was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but was murdered in North Carolina. I'm gonna put up their face on social media, sure! Give me the likes, give me the follow, I'm an activist! But I'm not going to be in the same aisle as, as you at a grocery store. I'm not going to live in the same neighborhood as you because other white people have said it's dangerous. What are we doing, church? What are we doing? I love being spiritual. I love it. I love praying in tongues. I love coming here and worshiping. I love doing all of this. But at the end of the day, if we are not witnessing to our brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter the situation, their economical status, or the color of their skin, that Jesus loves them and is for them, and that we love them and we are for them, and that, with great words of Mark Luther King, that injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. Still, if that is not the light that we are shining, then this is our witness. This is our testimony. That's all they're hearing. I'm at the coffee shop and I got my Bible open with my my low-fat skin latte, but this is what they see. I'm sorry, but I can't live this way. Stage. Right. Right. some of them are called to be thirsty some of them are called to be surgeons and to be actors and to be actors in the arts and to open nonprofits, and to feed the homeless and they are all called to be They can be excavators they can be whatever they're called to be but at the end of the day they're all called to come home or what we doing in our words and in our actions? Is it calling people home or are all they're hearing is, put the people around us, what do they hear coming out of your mouth? What do they see coming out of your life? Are we beating the drum that all houses matter? Or are we beating the drum that every single life that doesn't look like mine right now is Trial. We're gonna have kids that grow up in this neighborhood. We're gonna have kids that grow up in this city. They shouldn't feel discomfort in sitting at a lunchroom table or to sit down to draw and to create. They shouldn't feel uncomfortable to do that when someone is at the table before them that looks different than their baby. Can you just get that image in your head this morning, church? Children coming around a table? There's chocolate milk and there's cinnamon grand crackers, and that's the best combination of all time. These thighs are big for a reason. And they're coming around a table, and they're going to create. and They're told that they can inspire. They're told that they can do something in this world. That they can use their God given abilities and talents, whether they know God yet or not. That's our responsibility. And they're told that they can create and they can do something in this world to better mankind to leave a mark on this world for something greater than themselves, and they're told that. And yet when they arrive, because of systematic racism, they're uncomfortable to even come and sit at the table with someone else. Their creation, simply because their background, their history, looks different than theirs. see creation. those creations Let's see what you're thinking over there, because I'm thinking this over here. And you might be into this, and I'll into that. But what does it look like when we sit and we talk and we create together? Why do you like the colors that you do? Why are you into the music that you're into? What are you doing? This is the world that we want to create, church, because there is a time when you and I, we will get to heaven. John, he's already there. Paul, he's already there. They are in heaven, and there are people like you and me that they would have known in their time or context that look like us. And you know what? They are celebrating and they are happy. They are so excited. Because that's what heaven's supposed to look like. Is there some things in our lives every single one of us? Okay, I'm going to talk about the chain, okay? There are times in our lives, there are things in it that we are called to give up and lay down at the feet of Jesus and allow him to heal and allow him to fill it and allow him to bring restoration to but church, if we are going to be a place that says we want to see Jesus take over people's lives, well, that can't just be the Jesus that leads us away from the sin that will come from the it We shouldn't sleep out. okay? Oh my gosh. Do you believe this? No, no, no. Jesus, he has to lead us away from all sin. He has to lead us away from everything that he says is best for our lives. Not just what we think we're comfortable living with, or that we're okay with nursing, or we're okay with just allowing me to still have a role in our life. I can get by on pornography, I can get by on a little bit of racism. I can get by. The worst thing that I hear all the time is hey, I've been guilty of this, so let me put myself on child right now. I still find myself doing this one. Oh yeah, but it's just a joke. Oh, I was just trying to get my jokes off. Oh, I, I know it was wrong, and I know you shouldn't say it, and I know it's not culturally okay no more. moment in history where there are people that truly need us to hear them. Because sometimes being a witness for God is being a witness for the injustices that have done to people in this world. I need to witness what happened to you. I need to witness by hearing what happened to you. I need to witness to your life so I can testify to the goodness of God in it. And I need to sit down and I need to listen and I need to have a conversation and I need you to explain to me how I can better serve you as a white person, as somebody who looks differently than you, and as someone who has, Jesus, what can I do? We've had enough of this. We've had enough tweets. We've had enough social media. Raising awareness is great. Activism is great. But if activism isn't actively changing what's on the inside of us, how could it if it's not rooted in Jesus? Our behavior can't change if our soul has not been transformed. This always comes. So it means that I'm not going to turn it on. when I see something taking something place that shouldn't take place. I'm not going to, to put my head down and just pass by when I see injustice going on in my street. You know, I've got to put myself in a lot of fire. I've got to say this, is, this isn't God's test for your life. And I've got to be somebody for me specifically as a white man. I know there's not everybody in this room, praise God. But I know for me... That I've got kind of to start going. I've had the microphone for a long time, both because of black calling, and because of my privilege. You talk to me. Tell me. Tell me about your life. Because what you've experienced on the streets of Dryden, on the streets of Atlanta, on the streets of Indianapolis, wherever—all these things are going down. Jesus sitting down in the world and listened to a woman that his grace and he disagrees with. Who had five husbands, six women, a living boyfriend. She was messed up. Jesus, he just sat there, had a conversation. He gave her a drink to put out the fire of raising, of injury, of being judged, the fact that she had a history. Removing all connotation and anything about it, and representing the truth of who God says she is. This is your new name, this is your new you call, the city that we're about to go back into, downtown Samaria. They once called you, woke up at night. They once called you a lot of other words, and I'm going to remain from front right now because we have families in the church. But they once called you that, and you would be together As a Jew and as a Samaritan, as God, and as a woman who was messed up, we are going to go into the city and we're going to lead a two-day revival. And what they once called you, they are now going to be called home. This is who Jesus is. This is who would be the worship team. He can make your way back. Joshua try to. This is this helping anybody This work. Is this not still the good news of the gospel? The good news of the gospel is that while America may see you as less than, God saw you as worth He, was he was Jesus said, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He didn't do the cross just for white people, just for Democrats, just for Republicans, just for black people, just for people who came from different countries and speak a different tongue. He said, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, every single color, creed, history, and background is welcome at the feet of the cross of Jesus. Because here, true equality is found. It's so a while America has failed you. Heaven never will. Heaven never will. And as Jesus follows, no matter the worst that's the drum that we need to beat. Because if we try to play any other instrument, if we try to sing any other song, if we try to love it any other way, it's just going to come out like a giant cymbal. Family of George Floyd, Bob Rodden, Biancano, every single other person who has experienced precious bigotry and racism due to the fact of who you are, what color of skin you have. I want to tell you that you like maps. It has a call, it has a purpose attached to it. It's not an early death you're to called to inspire. You're called to show people what Jesus looks like. Heaven looks like. You are called to come home because you've got a crown waiting for you in heaven. You've got a life that's above this right now. And I'm sorry that you're hurting. And I'm sorry that you're going through this. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry right now that I'm on a platform in a church and not with you. All, there's no shame in repentance. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Yeah, you've talked bad thoughts thought about somebody before. Lay them down this morning. Yeah, you used to view certain individuals like this because the country the world and place in conflict. Lay it down this morning. There's no shame in it. Yeah, you looked at pornography. Lay that down this morning. There's no shame in laying it down. Yeah, you've been an adulterer. Lay that down. That's no longer your identity, that's no longer your call, that's no longer your name, that's not who you are. Right now, repentance means I was going my way, and now i go your way. So God, I'm just gonna have everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. And pray. And while we go back into the last moment of worship, solidify this in our hearts, God, move in our hearts right now, God, whatever it is. Whatever it is, God. Whatever it is that's found in us, that's certainly not found in you, God, let's remove that today. We want a fresh start today. We want fresh eyes today to see people for who they are, image bearers of God. And we want a fresh pair of eyes today to see injustice for what it is, injustice. We want a voice that'll cry out for justice. We want ears that are going to hear the cries, the pleas, of the voices of the oppressed God we going to use whatever platforms we have from this day forward to be vocal and to shine a light and to push this thing called racism back to the bowels of hell. Of the cross of okay? Jesus. So, Father God, has this moment, as we sin.